God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Let's stand to our feet and magnify the Lord together. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hey. We're going to give him blessings and honor. Glory and power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Help me sing hallelujah. I remain, I remain, I remain yeah. confident 
wait on you, Lord. I will trust in you, God. But there's nobody better, nobody greater, nobody more awesome than our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Matthew 1.23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Is God with you today? Hallelujah. Is God with you today? Is he with you in your jobs? Is he with you in your homes? Is he with you when you walk down the street? God is with us. Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Let's worship with the saints. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah.
Come on, y'all, let's just bask in the love right now. We worship you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we bless your name, we bless your name. <laughs> God, we love you, we love you. Ooh. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. Hey, we worship you, Lord. Every day we live, we worship you. In our songs, Jesus, we worship you. In our prayers, Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah. In our worship, we worship, we worship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All in the spirit of worship, let's begin to thank God that He's not only with us, He is in us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we just thank you that you're always with us because your word says that you will never, never would you leave us nor forsake us. And you will always be with us. This is the confidence that we have that we can say because the Lord is with us, whom shall we fear? What shall we be afraid of? Because you're always with us. So we thank you, O Lord, for this service today. We thank you, O Lord, for your presence that is here today. Because we are here, your presence is here. And because your word says that where two or three shall gather in your name, there you are in our midst. So we thank you, Lord, that you are here in our midst. And your presence will be made tangible in our midst today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I want to welcome each and every one of you to World Changes Church Houston. Thank you. And on behalf of our pastors, Pastor Archie and Pastor Melissa Collins, my name is Osada Tongo. It's my pleasure to welcome you to church today. It is always good to be in the house of the Lord. How many of you are excited to be in the house of the Lord? You better sound excited to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. And do we have any first-time visitors today visiting us? Praise God. Hallelujah. Can someone just show that lady some love? Praise God. Thank you for joining us today. Hallelujah. And we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock to just welcome each other and just give someone a hug, a high five. Just say something encouraging to someone. Praise God. Let's go ahead and do that.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, I just want to encourage us today with a scripture um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 and 21 is where I would sharing from today. Verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Verse 21 says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, for it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Somebody say by the foolishness of preaching. He said by the foolishness. What preaching is he talking about? The preaching of the cross, which is mentioned in verse 18. That by the foolishness of the preaching to save, to save them that believe. It is by the foolishness of this message of the cross that we have been sozoed. By the foolishness of the preaching of the cross. You know, this church, we know that it's always, we're, all, we're known, World Changes Church is known for always talking about the finished works of God. That is what the preaching of the cross is all about, the finished works of God. But it's this message of this preaching that sozoes you into deliverance. That sozoes you into preservation. That sozoes you into healing, sozos you into prosperity. What is it that you're believing God for? Listen to the preaching of the cross. Listen to this finished works of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have to listen your way through to deliverance. Listen your way to healing. Listen your way through whatever tests and trials you're going through. Listen your way through. You know, if you look through the gospel, it talks about how Jesus Christ, when people, the multitude came to him, the Bible says they came to hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. You want to be healed? Hear the word of God. You want to be delivered? Hear the word of God. You want to prosper? Hear the word of God. Because it's the word of God that would sozo you. That is what is able to save you from whatever it is you're, you're going through. Praise God. And right now, um, we just have a few announcements that I want to share um, with us. Um, first of all, I would like to just thank everyone that gave towards our Christmas event. Thank you so much. Praise God. Praise God. You know, yesterday we had a blast. It was a success. Twelve people got born again because of your gift. Twelve people got born again yesterday. And 15 families received Christmas gifts, which is over 45 children. And it's all because you gave. Praise God. Um, I want to quickly share our 2019 holiday service schedule in an effort to make your holiday planning easier. We would like to inform you of the ministry, uh, ministry holiday schedule. We hope that you and your family can join us at this date. December 22nd, regular 10 a.m. service. December 25th, we have Christmas service beginning at 9 a.m. Live from War Changes Church, Houston. And there is no Wednesday service for not location. December 26th, no service for the south location. December 29th, our regular Sunday service is at 10 a.m. And December 31st, we have our New Year's Eve service beginning at 10 p.m., but the doors open at 9, 9 p.m. Teen and children ministries are available. Children's ministry, we have a pajama party. Praise God. January 1st and 2nd, there is no Wednesday or Thursday evening service at the North or South location. 
you know, I said this very fast, so if you want to have this um, holiday schedule, you can always stop by the communication desk. And if you signed up, you will get this via email also. So we're looking forward to having you during this holiday season. Our new Change Early Learning Center, Parents Night Out. Do you need a break? <laughs> do you need a night out? <laughs> do you need to sleep or a day to just do your Christmas shopping? Let us watch the kids. You, you know, we're going to watch infants through fourth grade for you and provide movies. And we also have food and crafts. And this is going to happen on Friday, December 13th and Friday, December 20th from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Please RSVP by calling 281-463-0700. And lastly, our divorce care class. If you're contemplating or already in the midst of a divorce or separation, please join us for a 13-week divorce class beginning January 7th, 2020, from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Come and experience healing and restoration that can only come from God. And if you want details to that, you can stop by the communication desk. Praise God. We're just going to continue in worship. Um, if you believe in God for something today or you're having any challenges whatever issue you're going through we have trained prayer counselors that would like to agree with you I don't take this time lightly because I know that there is power in prayer the Bible says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much so if you believe in God for anything today you can just our prayer counselors could you please just come up you can just come up right now in our prayer councils. We agree with you concerning whatever it is that you believe in God for based on the word of God. And we know that when two or three shall agree concerning anything that shall ask here on earth, it is done. Praise God. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. We call you Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. I worship you. I worship you. 
Because your word says, oh God, that every prayer, everything we ask, your promise is a yes and amen. So we thank you that every prayer has been answered. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. If you need a communion element, go ahead and raise your hands. The ushers will be more than happy to uh, get you one. Raise your hand, raise them, raise them half for us. Amen. The Bible says as often as we come together, we should do this. How many guys know that um, you don't have to wait till you get at church though to have communion. You can, you can do that at home. You can do that on a job. Just kind of doesn't matter where somebody said, "Well, I don't, I don't always have the the bread and the wine <laughs> to uh, do what I need to do." Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've used peach juice in a cookie <laughs> just to represent the body and the blood. Amen. Because the heart is is to do it remembering what He did. We're going to talk a, a lot about that today, about what he did and how that effect, affects you and I and everything around us. What he did literally changed us forever. When his body went up on that cross, what came off that cross was the ability for you and I to be whole, to be healed, to have nothing missing, lacking, or broken. When his blood was shed, the result was that you and I we're forever forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future. Now, what all that did is that made us right with God. Somebody said it with me. Say, I am, I am right, right with God. So you're no longer wrong with him. He no longer has a problem with you. All because of the blood and the body. So as you eat and drink today, that's what you're doing. You're, you're reminding yourself about the finished works of Jesus. And that's cause to rejoice. That's cause to be excited. That's cause to have peace. All because it is finished. So I want you to take that bread and that juice and I want you just to lift them up. Father God, we thank you right now for both your body and your blood. Because of you, we are saved. Because of you, we are safe. We are secure. All is well in our lives. Not because of our actions, not because of our behavior, but 100% because of you, Jesus. We thank you for these things. And we believe and we receive that we have them. In Jesus' name, you may eat and you may drink.
And as you do that, we declare that all is well in every area of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you can give them praise for it. You can give them praise for it. That's good news. That sounded like you had a real bad week, uh, the way you just gave him praise like that. That sounded like everything fell apart. You're not sure if it's going to be all right. That sounds like you waiting to see if he going to show up. That sounds like you still struggling with something. That doesn't sound like believers. I said all is well in every area of your life because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, this is the house of believers, amen. This is not a, this is not a house of maybe or may, maybe he'll do it. This is not a house of I'm still waiting to see. This is a house of people who have declared and decreed that all is well in every area of our lives because of what Jesus has already done. So don't, don't ever miss an opportunity. Don't ever miss an opportunity to show your faith, to put it on display. How do I do that? What, what you just did? Through praise, through thanksgiving. That's just you reminding the devil that you believe. I encourage you to never be a passive believer, but to remain an active believer. Somebody, what's an active believer? You know, sometimes people think it's just enough to show up. Well, I suppose he, I believe, but but he should. Y'all should just be happy I made it in here today. You should just be happy I woke up and showed up to church. What if Jesus just showed up on Earth? What if he just showed up? What if he never bled? What if he never lived the life? What if he never did anything? He just showed up and told the world, you should just be happy that I showed up. <laughs> Presence without productivity is just going to lead to frustration. Come on, man. Oh, we thank you for your presence, but, but now let's produce some praise for him. Let's, let's show something. You've been trying to figure out what do I need to do to have change. I'm telling you, change is already here. Your praise is a sign that you actually believe it. And only the believer is going to be able to receive what he's made available. He said you get it by your faith. So... You did good. You showed up. But I'm challenging you to always take one more step and say, I'm going to add some praise to my presence. I'm going I'm to add a little something more to it because I believe. I mean, it's what he did for me. He didn't just show up. He did something. He showed up, and as they say, he showed all the way out. And as a result, you and I have the benefit. So why not return the favor? 
why not return the favor? Yes, and whenever we show up, say, I now will worship you with everything within me. I'll open my mouth, I'll raise my hands, I'll get on my feet or I'll get on my knees. I'll demonstrate my thanksgiving. I promise you, I promise you a believer who's willing to give him praise, a believer who's willing to worship him, a believer who's willing to trust him and demonstrate that confidence with their body is a person who will not be sick, a person who will not be broke, a person who will not be without, a person who will not be with, with lack. Why? Because you will be living already in the promise and then demonstrating that in the praise. So no more passive believers. We're going to be active. We're going to be active. Uh, I know, but I just need y'all to hit the right chord. I need you to hit the right beat. No, no he don't hit the chords, like the chords of salvation already for you. That, that ought to be all you need. The key of grace is what you are already living life in. That ought to be all you need. I mean, what if it was just silent? Could you just praise them? Would it just be in silent? See, we were so conditioned that, that somebody got to do this and do that. And then the preacher got to do this and then he got to do that. And then once all of that is done, then I feel moved. If the blood of Jesus don't move you, I don't know what else will. If the good news of the gospel of grace doesn't move you, I don't know what else will. We talked about this on Thursday night. We have to be careful of not entering into these law-based systems, these if this happens, then I'll do this. That's still, that's that religion still falling back into that if and then. No, I'm a believer. I just live in what is. And what is is the truth that all is well in my life. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. No one can take away the truth that I am born again. And because I am born again, I have already received all the promises of God. I don't care what it looks like on the outside. I already know that the inner change is taking place in this world that is in time and space just is taking a moment to catch up with the truth that I already know. Remember, he's not constrained by time or space. What he said is already done. But what the enemy wants you to do is get focused on this slow down moment that is in the natural right now. This is just slow motion, that's all it is. The end is already written. Your end is already written. Your end is already written. You need to fast forward your thinking and understand what is already done. Don't stop in, on this frame of your life. Some of y'all pausing on this one frame. You're pausing because they said you had cancer. You're pausing because they said you're gonna lose your job. You're pausing because they say your relationship or your marriage is falling apart. You're pausing on that one moment and not realizing the truth. The truth is, you win. The truth is, you're victorious. 
The truth is you're more than a conqueror because he loves you. So that's why we praise. That's why we worship. Somebody say, well, it sounds like you're saying it's all in my mind. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because he took care of everything else, you just got to make up your mind that I believe. So say this with me. Father God, I thank you that all is well concerning me. In Jesus' name, I am victorious. I call victory into my life right now in Jesus' name. It is finished. Come on. It is finished. It is finished. Now give God praise for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory unto your name, God. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify your name, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory unto your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Somebody say, well, what if I can't, what if I can't, what if I don't feel like praising him? Praise him until you do feel like it. That's what you do. You praise him until you do feel like it. You tell those legs, we're going to praise. You tell that mouth, we're going to praise. And you praise them until you do feel like it. You don't allow feelings to stop you from worshiping God. See, this is the stuff they taught us a long time ago. It's just the old school stuff. You, you, don't, you don't ever allow feelings to stop you. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it either. I'd rather be out there on a boat somewhere fishing. But I thank God that he's given me an opportunity to join him in being a fisher of men and to come into his house and worship him. So let's continue on in being active believers with our praise. Amen. Amen. Well, give him praise again. That wasn't what the message was about, but all right. You may be seated. Father God, we receive that, and we thank you for you encouraging us, Lord. And as we take a few more moments to look closer into your word, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. For you are already here, because we are here, and you're in us. But we thank you right now for your ability to teach us, to reveal to us more of the truth of the gospel of grace, of the word. We submit right now our will to your words. And we declare and decree that all will be well in our lives as a result of what we see today. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. amen. Come on, give him praise one more time. Yes. Thank you to our uh, praise team and our music ministry, man. They did a, they're doing an awesome job.
again and again and again. If you have your Bibles, turn with me today to John 3, 16. We're going to do our best to work through this to get to what God has to say. Uh, the title of this message is a God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, me and a mountain. I'll say that again. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, me and the mountain. How many of you guys have faced a few mountains this year? A few situations, a few circumstances. But thank God, he has already given you the power to change it all. Amen? As we look at John 3, 16, we'll first take a look at what has God done for you to help you change things. John 3, 16. Uh, let's go to the NLT version instead of the NIV John 3, 16. I read it from the King James. Oh, y'all got it that fast. Look at that. For this is how God loved the world. He gave what? His one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. How did God demonstrate his love? He did what? He gave. God demonstrated his love by giving, and then not just giving anything, his only son. God demonstrated love. He loved you so much that he gave his only son so that you can live. God performed, I dare say, the greatest rescue mission ever known to man. We had got ourselves in trouble. <laughs> and the only lifeline that existed to pull us out was Jesus. And because God loved us so much, he didn't leave us in a ditch, he didn't leave us in a pit to fend for ourselves, even though we literally threw ourselves in there. He said, I love you too much to leave you there. I'm going to save you. And he did that through Jesus. Uh, say, thank God, I'm saved. <laughs> so we were once sinners, but now we have an opportunity to be saved because of who? Jesus. But then who sent Jesus? So is it fair to say that I'm able to be changed or saved ultimately because of God, but it was through Jesus? Yes. Say this with me. Say, I am saved. I am saved. Change, is possible Change is possible because God loves me. Loves Come on, because God loves me. Loves me. I, I believe, believe in his love. Now, you say that, but do you really? Because to believe in his love means that you have confidence that his love will not fail you. You've heard me say it before. It's the same way that you sat on that bench today. You had confidence. It would hold you up, and you just acted in line with what you believed. If I believe God loves me, then that ought to be reflected in how I act. It ought to be reflected in how I talk. It ought to be reflected in my everyday living. I should never find myself, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, and it ought to be reflected in my everyday thinking. I should never find myself thinking like God doesn't love me. 
You know, let's make it real practical. You know, the, 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 the money gets a little funny. And then you start getting all these threatening thoughts that something's going to fail. And as a result, we begin to entertain those thoughts and maybe even talk or act in line with those negative thoughts. If you find yourself doing that, that is in direct contradiction to believing God loves you. Because if God loves you and you believe that, then you already know that he's going to provide a way of help for you. I'll say that a little differently, that he already has provided a way of help for you. It's just a matter of you discovering it. But you won't discover his way of help if you don't believe that he loves you. Instead, you'll be stuck on the negative thought and you'll miss the way out. But say this with me. Say, I believe God loves me. Things change in your life if you believe. I mean, it sounds so simple, but it, it, you know, it gets really hard when it gets real practical. When, when things start going wrong in your life, you have to be reminded of God's love for you. Go with me. Let's look at this just a little bit deeper about God's love for us and how it helps us change. Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 1 Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and we'll stay in the uh, NLT. Therefore, since we have been made wrong or right. Okay, so we've been made right in God's sight. Do you see that? We've been made right in God's sight, but how? By faith. By faith. Your faith makes you right in God's sight. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for who? For us. So let's, let's dissect that very quickly. Am I right in God's sight? What makes me right in God's sight? Faith in what? Exactly. If I don't have faith in Jesus... Am I right in God's sight? Now, did Jesus do his part? Yes. He shed his blood to make me right. But the key to experiencing that change in the eyes of God is my belief in what Jesus has done. Or let me say that a little more specific, a little more accurate. It's my confidence in what Jesus did. My rested assurance that what he did worked for me. If I don't believe that what he did worked for me and I don't have confidence in that, then I'm going to think I'm wrong in God's sight. I'm going to think God has a problem with me. I'm going to think there's still something left for me to do in order to change his mind. I'm here to tell you today a very bold and radical statement. God's mind is already changed towards you. God has already made up his mind that he's cool with you. God has already made up his mind that the bill for your sins has been settled by the blood of Jesus. His mind has been changed. And because his mind was changed concerning you, your life is never going to be the same. 
because his mind has been changed concerning you, your life will never be the same again. You are saved. But what about this? Because his mind. How many of you guys know who changed his mind? Jesus. So who the only person that can change his mind back? And is Jesus, your perfect sacrifice, your savior, is he up in heaven right now advocating for you or against you? So if his behavior is what changed God's mind in the first place, and he is also up in heaven reminding God of what he did for you, what makes you think somebody is up there or down here changing his mind against you? You're not a greater lawyer than Jesus. Your behavior is not going to outperform the blood, the body, and the word of Jesus. God's mind is not changing concerning you. Your life has changed because of Jesus. Say that with me. Say, I'm changed because of the blood of Jesus. Let's keep going. Uh, verse 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us where? Into this place of undeserved privilege where we will stand. One day, in the sweet by and by, I used to be, but I fell out. Who brought you to that place? So who can take you out? Is Jesus taking you out? Do you see anything in a word that talks about Jesus is taking you out of this place of undeserved privilege? So what makes you think for one second that you are not privileged before God? Anytime you get to thinking that I'm, I, I don't deserve that so I can't have it, I want you to know that's a lie from the enemy. You only deserve it because of what he did, but he did it, so is yours. See, it's, it, you, you got to understand, and this is why we're repeating this over and over again different ways, because it takes a minute to get this, to believe this, because for years we've been taught and told that I have to keep earning this, this promise, this blessing, this favor, that if I mess up, I mess up the blessing. I'm showing you right now that you are blessed, that you have favor with God because of what Jesus did, not because of what you did. And not because of what you do. This is called grace. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it, but it's yours. It, it kind of doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But if you know my God and you know his love, that's how he rolls. I mean, that's what he do. He, I just showed you in John 3, 16. He, he do stuff like give his only son for the world who turned its back on, them, on him, who got itself in trouble. He has a habit of doing this thing called grace. He has a habit of showing this thing called favor and showing this thing called mercy. He has a habit of giving people stuff they don't deserve and they show enough ain't earned even when they do him wrong. 
He has a habit of blessing people like Abraham who, who lied and sinned and did all types of stuff. He has a habit of blessing people like Moses who, who uh, uh, was, was disobedient several times. He has a habit of still taking care of people like David who committed adultery and all this other type of stuff, but God's hand was still on him and he said he was a man after his own heart. Why? All them people believed in him, had faith in him. Your God is not a God who is into turning his back on you. And just to seal the deal, the blood of Jesus came and took care of all, not necessarily the stuff they was doing, but all the stuff you would do. You have an advantage that they didn't have back then. Their sins weren't forgiven in that sense by Jesus. He hadn't died yet. They weren't even Christians. Somebody, what? I mean, how could they be Christians if Christ hadn't died? They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. They didn't have this covenant of grace that you're, you and I are living under at this, at this moment in that sense. It hadn't been ratified by the blood of Jesus. You have a greater advantage than they did. God's love provided the blood that changed everything concerning you and I. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Verse 3. And, oh, sorry, yeah. And we confidently, and this is what we were talking about before the message started, and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. Why? For we know that they help us develop endurance. Don't, don't, I say this all the time, that God promised you uh, victory, but not necessarily a battle-free life. There'll be battles. There'll be battles. But you fight, the, you're in the battle knowing you've already won. Because Christ has already fought it for you. He said, you'll be in the world and they'll try to do stuff, but don't be afraid because I've overcome the world. So just because suffering tries to come, just because attacks come, no weapon formed against you, no weapon formed against you. Don't freak out because you see the gun. Don't freak out because you see the knife. It's formed, but it can't hurt you. I don't care what I see. I go by what he says. No weapon formed against you can prosper. When we rejoice too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Keep going. And endurance develops what? Strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. What is this saying? It's saying when you have things come up, don't let it change your mind on where you stand with God. Don't let it change your mind that the blood of Jesus has already done its job. You instead, let it strengthen your mind. Endurance, the ability to keep going in the face of opposition. And, and as that endurance happens, it says it'll give you strength of character. Character is doing what's right because it's right and doing it right. 
I'll keep doing what the Word of God says. I won't back off of this. I won't let the negative thoughts come in and then take over. Instead, I'm going to trust the Word of God and keep doing the right thing. What's the right thing? Whatever the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. And I'm going to stick to that in the face of opposition. you got to understand that while you walk in the blessing, while you have the promises of God, there will be stuff trying to come against you to get you to move position. To come out of that place of undeserved privilege into a place that you think you deserve. You got to stay where he puts you. And it says, and character strengthens our confident hope of the fact that I'm rescued, of the fact that I'm saved, of the fact that I'm delivered, of the fact that I'm healed, of the fact that I'm prosperous, of the fact that I'm whole. I will have confidence in this because I'll see myself winning. I'll see the victory happen at the end of the day, no matter what the trial. Do you have victory? Then you got to remember that at the beginning of every trial. You got to remember that at the beginning of every race. It's like going into the Super Bowl already knowing you have the victory. I think that's what the Patriots did with the Falcons a year or two ago, or two, two, three years ago. I don't know what Tom Brady prayed when he was on the sidelines, but they had lost that game. But, but, but did the team give up? I, I don't like them either, but did the team give up? <laughs> they could have gave up. They could have looked at the score and said this thank you, is over. The literal score was unable to be overcome. No one had done it before. No one had made that type of comeback. But something on the inside of some of them said, it's not over. Something on the inside of them said, we can still win. Something on the inside of them said, we will be victorious. And I'll be doggone if one play after another, those guys didn't come back and win. You got to understand that you don't have comeback on the inside of you. You got victory on the inside of you. You don't have to come back because you were never losing. Now, they were losing. Somebody says, but the score says, I don't care what the score says. All the score is, is proof that you will have confident hope of salvation when it's all said and done. We don't read the score like everybody else. We don't hear the report like everybody else. The world looks at that test and says, oh my God, they said I got cancer. I better figure out how to get before God so I can be healed. That, that's, how, that's how immature believers or the world looks at it. We look at it and say, huh, they said I got cancer. I see healing. Because cancer can exist in my body. Because Jesus already took care of cancer. He already defeated cancer. It's a name under him. And he lives on the inside of me, not to mention I'm a joint heir with him. 
So I have the same power and authority. He doesn't get more power and more authority than I do. If I'm a joint heir of Christ, with Christ and we're heirs of God, I got the same of what he got. And last I checked, he didn't die of cancer. So I can't. Last I checked, he wasn't uh, in poverty. So I can't be. Last I checked, he was the king. Last I checked, he was the ruler. Last I checked, he had everything that he needed to accomplish the will of God, including life. So I declare that all is well with me. Somebody say, yeah, but, but, but you got to do, it got to be something else you got to do. See, that's part of the problem is we're trying to add something to believing. When you are already victorious, the only thing left for you to do is believe in the victory. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? We're kind of fast forwarding past all the to-dos and we're now getting the cart and the horse lined up the right way. It's believing. And then he'll tell you the to-dos. We've been trying to do the to-dos to make ourselves believe that we've done enough to qualify for the victory. You are already victorious because of the blood of Jesus and the love of God. Let's finish this uh, area, uh, verse five. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, that's a promise, for we know how dearly God loves us. Did y'all see that? You won't be disappointed. Keep going before I preach that. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, I think the King James says, uh, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died. The King James says, for the ungodly. What does the NLT says? Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. My God, he died for you when you were totally wrong with him. He didn't wait for you to get right and then say, now you're worthy. He came at your lowest point and rescued you. So don't think he's abandoning you when you have a bad month or you have a bad year. He's right there with you. Uh, verse, keep going, let's keep going, seven. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us. See, this is all about his love for you. Sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight, how? So we saw earlier we're made right in his sight by faith. And now we're saying, I'm made right by the blood. So you're made right by faith and made right by the blood. I would submit to you that you're made right by faith in the blood. Do you believe in what the blood has done? No, 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 really, really. Do you believe that the blood has washed your sins? Do you believe that the blood has provided the payment for your sins? 
Do you believe that because of the blood you owe God now nothing for your sins? Do you believe that because of the blood you owe the devil nothing for your sins? Do you believe because of the blood sin has no more dominion in your life? And if you believe all of that, you believe in the blood. That's having faith in the blood. He certainly, uh, and since we were uh, having made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. There's condemnation for sin, but it's no longer your condemnation because of the blood of Jesus. Verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Now, if you followed that story all the way through, or you followed that truth all the way through, you were an enemy of God, and now you're a friend of God. Not because of what you did. Through all those scriptures we just read, what was our responsibility? To believe. Who did the heavy lifting? Who did the work? Who did the dying? Who did the loving? God. God did the loving. He provided Jesus. Jesus did the dying. Jesus did the living. You're supposed to do the believing. God did the loving. Then God did the providing. Jesus did the living. And then Jesus did the dying. Your job is to believe. Believe in what? in the loving, in the providing, in the living, and in the dying. And then he was raised. And the Bible says you and I were raised with him. And as a result, we're now seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Your job is to do the believing. Somebody say, I've been changed. I mean, are you still the sinner? You sure? Why not? Huh? Because of grace, because of what Jesus is. Somebody said, this is like school. Yeah, you're going to walk out of here knowing this. Because, see, I need you to know this for 2020. Because you're going to have to help me preach this to all of Houston. Surely you didn't think we just got saved for us. Surely you didn't think this wasn't to help your neighbor. Surely you didn't think we were just going to sit on this truth of grace while an entire city struggles to know the truth. And I'm talking about Christians and the unsaved. There are a lot of Christians right now, and no offense to anybody, but sitting, hearing you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. You better give more because if you give more, you'll get more, not realizing it's already been provided. You got somebody out right now sinning or waking up from sinning. 
and thinking God wants nothing to do with me because of what I just did. Not realizing he loved you while you were sinning. He loved you after you were sinning. And he wants you just to believe right now. We have, our responsibility is to preach this gospel of grace. Go with me real quick to John 14, 6. John 14, 6. So all of this change happens because God loves me, but as we said, it happens through who? Jesus. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way. The way to what? The way to your change. The way to salvation. I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one. Who's included in no one? Everyone. No one can come to the Father except through me. He said, I'm the door, I'm the veil, I'm the, I'm the way to get to God. You can't get into his presence. You can't be made right with him unless you're coming through me. You got to remember now, he's talking uh, as well to uh, religious people and not just unbelievers. And remember back then, the way to get into the presence of God was that a priest had to enter into a, a room. But in order to get into the room, he had to remove this veil and he had to walk through to get into the presence. And he's telling them, you can't get what's behind the veil unless you go through me. And he said, I'm the way. I'm the way. No one can get to the Father except through me. Our first level of change, if we're going to be changed, has to happen through Jesus. It has to happen through Jesus. He is indeed and has already been the perfect sacrifice for all of our sins. Go to Hebrews uh, 10, 14. Uh, we'll look at this in a message Bible. It explains it really good and concise. Hebrews 10, 14. And uh, we're going to read a chunk of this, so y'all just load it up and keep, keep going with me. It says, every priest goes to work at the altar each day, offers the same old sacrifices year in, year out, and never makes a dent in the sin problem. Do you see that? As a priest, Christ made a, how many? Single sacrifice for sins. And that was it. Then he sat down right beside God and waited for his enemies to cave in. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person. It was a perfect sacrifice by what? Perfect person, some, uh, uh, some very imperfect people by that one or that single offering. He did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part. Are you taking part in the purifying process? The Holy Spirit confirms this. This new plan I'm making with Israel isn't going to be written on paper, isn't going to be chiseled in stone. This time, I'm writing out the plan in them. 
carving it on the lining of their hearts, he concludes, I'll forever, somebody say forever, forever. wipe the slate clean of their sins. Once sins are taken care of for good, there, uh, there's no longer any need to offer sacrifices for them. Do you see that? Do you see that? Go, go back real quick. I'll forever. How long is forever? Somebody say always. I like that. How long is forever? Always. Always and forever, he's taking care of your sins. Come on, say that with me. Always, always. and forever, he's taking care of my sins. One more time. Always and forever, he's taking care of my sins. Sing it with me. Always and forever. No, say Always and forever, your sins are taken care of. But what about when I do always and forever, your sins are taken. But what if I don't show up to church every week? Oh, thank God, always and forever. But what if I get mad at somebody? Always and forever. He wiped the slate clean. You sitting up trying to talk to God about something he don't even remember. God's like, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Because when he looks at you, and then the blood, he's like, I don't, I don't, I'm looking at you through the blood. I, I can't see the sin. I don't see the sin because of the blood. I, I don't see it. It's already forgiven. I said it's already forgiven. I mean, is that not what it says? If you got a clean slate, what's on it? Nothing. Keep going. Uh, next, next scripture. So friends, we can now without hesitation, people who are friends of God can now without hesitation do what? I don't need a priest anymore. The veil's not there anymore. Jesus has taken care of all that. I've accepted the way. I don't need permission. And there's nothing stopping me from walking right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice. You every day, all day, always and forever have full access to the presence of God. Keep going. Jesus acting as our priest before God, the curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it. Let's do it. Full of belief. Confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promise that keeps us going. 
He says, because sin is no longer an issue, because you now have access to the presence of God, full access, let's do it. And do it full of confidence. Live life full of confidence, knowing that inside you're good to go. And because you're good to go on the inside, because your spirit has been sealed by the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus, because all is well, the outside will catch up. And even if you make a mistake on the outside, you got a clean slate. Somebody says, are you saying I could just sin and just get away with it over and over again? I'm not saying that you're going to go to hell for sin. There are consequences on earth if you sin. I mean, just go out there and do about 100 on six and you'll see what I'm saying. But is God condemning you? But here's what I'll throw at you too. Just let me just throw this little disclaimer, if you will, in there. If you can live a life of habitual sin, you need to check and see if you're really saved. Because if I'm saved, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me. If I'm saved, I should be yielding my life to him. He's my leader, he's my guide, he's my teacher, he's all of that. And the Bible says that he cannot lead me to sin. So the end result of me receiving God's grace and being saved should not equal sin, it should equal holiness. So if I hear this and say, well, I can just keep smoking and, and, and I was about to say something, keep smoking and having sex outside of marriage and all this other crazy stuff and, and whatever it is that I'm doing, if, 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 I, can, if I can just you know, keep doing what the Holy Spirit is telling me not to do, then am I really a child of God? Or am I playing church? So, so that's, 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 that's the thing that you got to decide. We're talking about everything he did. Our job is to believe. But as we saw the last couple of weeks, I have to throw off that old sinful nature. It's like taking off the jack. You got to throw it off and you got to put on the new one. Amen? He's, he's giving you an opportunity to do it, but you got to take it. All right. So it says, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Now, I want you to write that down, mark it or whatever like that, because that's where we're headed. We're spending all this time teaching and showing and convincing us that we're good with him so that we can become inventive and in going out there and encouraging love and helping out. Helping who out? Him serve his people. Here's how it's supposed to look, guys. We're supposed to be so convinced of the fact that we're saved and that we're changed that we get our eyes off of us. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, you're not a problem anymore. Sin is not a problem. You're blessed. You're good to go. So now that you're not worrying about you, what about them who don't know me? 
Think about it this way. Uh, how many of you guys have uh, been to a gym or had a trainer or, or somebody help or seen somebody help helping you work out or you watched the videos or whatever? Anybody? Raise your hand. Okay. So hopefully the person that was helping you or the video you were watching was in shape. If they weren't, you might want to get somebody else. But the idea is I'm coming to you for help because I look at you and see you've already fixed this problem in your life. You're helping me because you already got this problem taken care of. I can see it and therefore I want what you got. So you're showing up to help me get what you got. We're like the trainers. We're like the guy or the gal in the video. We already got the problem solved. But there's a whole world out there that's totally out of shape. And they're looking for the trainers to show up. The, world, the word calls it the manifestations of the sons and I'll add this daughters of God. And that's us. He's, they're looking for us to show up, but it's like all of us are just in a club full of trainers hanging out, encouraging each other, we look good. <laughs> you look good, man, just flex for me. Yeah, okay, all right, you look good, yeah. Oh, ooh, look at that. And we get together every Sunday, and we get together every Wednesday, and we get together on the weekends saying, you, 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 no, you good, man, you good, come on, let's, let's do a competition right now, push-ups. All right, ooh, you got it, you got it. And the whole world is on the outside looking in saying, Help us. Help us. And for centuries, we've stood in here together flexing on one another. Can I just be really blunt and honest? The blue next to you is waiting for you to bring somebody in who's out of shape. What do you mean the blue? The blue pew. The empty blue pew next to you is waiting for you to bring some out of shape people in here. No, y'all just need to sing a little different and you need to hoop a little more and then you might need to dress. I'm not performing for nobody. Jesus did all the performance. My responsibility is to equip the saints so that the saints can go encourage, love, and help out. Everybody look to their left. Everybody look to the right. You're the trainer. It's time for you to go get some folks who need help. Oh, I don't like this. How much time he got left? <laughs> and, and, and I've been convinced of this and convicted of this. Uh, many of you know since we started preaching live for the last couple of years, and, and, and he's just been telling me over and over again, help them see that grace has taken care of them so that they can see those who don't know this. And our job and responsibility is to go and show them him. But you, could, you can't show them him when you don't know him, when you don't know how he's changed you. Until you know how to speak to a mountain, you can't show nobody else how to. You've been changed in your spirit. 
The Holy Spirit has been given to you to renew your mind. And all of that affects how you act and behave, so you'll change that way too. But guys, they don't even know him. They don't even know he loves them. They don't even know and understand that Jesus died for them. There's all this stuff out there in the world right now, talking about Jesus was just a prophet, uh, this is the white man's Bible, and this is da-da-da-da-da, and all this stuff. Y'all know? Oh, he don't talk, don't say that, Pastor, because I got a cousin who, your cousin Rome. This <laughs> is the word of God. Well, you know, King James, though, he was, he was a king that was in all this sin and da 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 Well, read the NLT if you don't like the King James. Read the ERV if you don't like the King James. Read whatever version, but it's still the word. As a matter of fact, let me correct that. The Bible says in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. That before any version was written, in the beginning was the word. Before King James or ERV or NLT, in the beginning was the and then it says, when the word was God, go there real quick, guys. And the word was God. And the word was with God. And then it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. I don't care what version you want to talk about, if it was from the white man or the Hispanic man or the black man or the uh, Chinese, Asian man. I don't, I don't care. We're not talking about just the scripture. I'm talking to you today about the word. The word is a person, and his name is Jesus. And if you can get out of your intellect and into the truth, it says the word was first, the word was present to God. The word is his son. I think it's verse uh, 14, go down to 14 and get in the NLT. It tells you. All these people trying to trip you up to stop you from going out there and sharing him with them. So the word became human. and made his home amongst us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. The King James, I, th I think, says full of grace and truth. Amen. He is grace. He is truth. Don't buy into these lies. Trying to convince you. Trying to get you into uh, imperfect intellect. You get just enough into listening to somebody, and then you hit a brick wall of your understanding because... They're not talking about the word. They're talking about how the scripture was interpreted. And anybody will tell you, interpret, this scripture was God-breathed, but yeah, somebody will say this interpretation wasn't right, that interpretation wasn't right. Here's what I know. The word, though, is true. What's true is, is that Jesus became flesh, and he came to this earth died for you and I, his blood cleansed and washed your sins and made you right. And now you're right with God. The word did that. And that's the good news. That's the gospel. That's Jesus. That's grace. And it cuts through all that other crap that we get into debates over. The word did its job. I said, the word did his job. But see, you got you to, you got to, you got to, you got to, that's why you come to church, because you got to study the word to even know that. You'll get in a debate with somebody over the Bible and call it the word. The scripture 
all points to the word. Some people think Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the gospels. Well, I mean, the gospel is the good news. And the good news is all about what Jesus did. I'm going to live my life by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, but be careful because Jesus hadn't died yet. And if you try to go by everything without putting that scripture in context, you'll be living your life by how he was talking to Pharisees and Sadducees and people who wasn't even saved. But see, people, people are tripping all up in that. The word is true. The word is true. That's why we say the word, I think in John, it also talks about the fact that this is light. So you don't have to be in darkness. You don't have to be in a lack of understanding if you believe the word. Say that with me. Say, I believe the word. So because of what he did, because of who he is, we are forever changed. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Okay, last section, then we'll get out of here. So our first level of change happens by and through Jesus. As we said before, that's a spiritual change that happens. This second level of change is our soul change that happens when I allow God to renew my what? My what? Mind. Yeah, my mind. You write the scripture down. Romans 12, 2 talks about it. In the New Living Translation, it says, God transforms us by the way we think. He gives us a new way of thinking. Some of you sitting here right now, as we preach this word, the Holy Spirit's ministering to you, and old bad thinking or teaching is falling off, and new thinking and teaching is replacing that. You're allowing that to happen, though. Now, you can, you can shut yourself off and say, I don't, I don't believe this, and it won't transform you, will it? You have to let God, as it says in the New Living Translation of Romans 12, 2, you have to let God transform your thinking. It's your choice. God's never going to force you to do anything. But thank God he didn't just save you changing your spirit and then just leave you hanging. He said, nope. There's a few levels to this change process, and I'm going to be with you in every level. First, I'm going to change you by Jesus in your spirit. Now you're saved. But now we got to work on that thinking, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And he says, I'm going to renew your mind with the help of the Holy Spirit to change how you think. And that's going to lead to, to the third level of change, which is changing your behavior and your actions. Your body follows what your mind tells it to do. Everything that you do is because you want it to. Amen? Amen. Somebody said, I don't know why I did that. Yeah, you do. It's because you wanted to. I don't know why I said that to them. Because you wanted to. I don't know why I ate that last cookie. Because you wanted to. You do what you want to do. So what he does is he helps you change your want to's when you submit to his voice. Go with me quickly to uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. You have the Holy Spirit that helps you change. 
But some of us need to believe that the Holy Spirit is, is actually there. He says, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles amongst you because you obey the law? He says, of course not. It is because, keep going, you believe the message you heard about Christ. When you believe the message you heard about Christ, you have the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you now have the agent to change the way you think. Go to verse 6. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Verse 14. We'll skip down to 14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed who? The Gentiles. That's the people who uh, were not the children of Israel. That's everybody who's not Jewish. That's most of you and I. It says, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham. So before I wasn't blessed, before I wasn't changed, before I didn't have the Holy Spirit, and now I do. Why? Because I believed, because I have faith. So you need to realize that God has already finished everything concerning your salvation, but there is a current work going on on the inside of you, and that's changing the way you think and changing the way you live. You don't get frustrated because you're still in that cycle of change. You don't give up on God because of the process that you're going through. God loves you. He's not mad at you. But you got to be willing to let the process take its full course. So somebody said this with me. Say the finished work, finish work and the current work. If the finished work concerning your life, concerning your salvation, I should say, that was earned and provided to you by the blood of Jesus. But the current work is that you're being changed for the better by the Holy Spirit. And that current work will continue on until Jesus returns. It'll continue on until he returns. Uh, John 14, uh, verse 15. Y'all still okay? Amen. John 14, 15. It says, uh, if you love me, obey my commandments. Keep going. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. Now, pause right there real quick. He said he lives with you and when? Later will be in you. This is why I said you have to be careful of saying, I'm gonna live my life by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was talking to people who hadn't received the Holy Spirit just yet. So if you read this out of context, you'll think that the Holy Spirit is not in you. But he was talking to the disciples and he, you can't get the Holy Spirit until Jesus died because he was on the scene still. So it wasn't the Holy Spirit's turn yet. So that's why when you go back and read, you got to read things in context. Is the whole, is this, you, you now are living in the later. 
but you know him because he lives with you. He's talking about himself physically being there with them. He said, and later, we'll be in you. Now he's in us. Verse 18. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Do you see that? He's literally equating himself with the Holy Spirit saying, listen, we're going uh, to be back. But this time we're going to be in you. Jesus is living with you at that moment, he was saying, but now Christ is going to return and be in you. Verse 26. So what does the Holy Spirit do? But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. Do you see that? So when you're sitting in church, who's teaching you? Yeah, it's not Archie. It's not Creflo and Taffy. Your pastors are here to shepherd, and we, we do teach you, but you got to make sure you're in teaching that's being led by the Holy Spirit. How do I know if it's going to be teaching that's led by the Holy Spirit? It should change the way you think. If you're in a place that ain't changing the way you think, and therefore it's not helping you grow, you're in the wrong place. I mean, it's really that simple. But when the Holy Spirit's teaching you, there should be change. When the Holy Spirit's teaching you, there should be growth. But what if I get tired and, you know, and I'm hearing all this teaching, I get a little sleepy? Well, that's you needing to, you know, mature a little bit and <laughs> go to bed earlier. No, for real, because people think because they get tired in church, uh, they, you know, I, I got to stay excited the whole time. Can I do a little pastoring for a second? So I think I've been teaching for about a, about a good hour, hour, maybe 10 minutes or so. Now, some of y'all remember sitting in services that was two and a half hours long because the pastor was going to go through the entire series in one message. Nowadays, fool around and preach past an hour if you want to. I, I don't think I'm going to come back there. Dude, I, I got to give you scriptures. <laughs> we got to explain them. I know, but you got a PowerPoint, and you know, in the cartoon, you can show me doing the message, and that way I can, I can, I can stay with you. Y'all pass out cookies here and some juice or something. I feel like, gee, can, can you just be with me for, can you just pray with me for a little bit? <laughs> and, so, and so what we're doing is we're kind of working out that muscle again. Well, now we're not going to be in there for no two and a half hours, I can tell you that. <laughs> but, but if we're allowing him to teach us, can we, can we stay engaged long enough to get the whole lesson? Can we shift gears? pop a piece of gum in our mouth or something and wake up and, 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 and hear all he has to say. Because a lot of the times it's past that point of comfort that your change will actually be waiting for you. And some of us, we hear, we hear the message right up to the point of comfort and then we turn it off and then all the revelation is happening after that. 
It's like a workout. The, the, the real workout doesn't happen until the pain starts. Now, I'm not saying it should be painful. Maybe this is a bad analogy. <laughs> but when the resistance happens, that's when the change takes place. So he said he'll teach you and he'll remind you. Keep going. He'll remind you of everything I have told you. So that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's constantly reminding you of what Jesus said. I'm leaving you with a gift. What's the gift that Jesus leaves us? Peace of, yeah, the Holy Spirit, who gives us peace of mind and heart. When you study those words out, it talks about an assurance that we're saved and that we're right with God. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. He says, so don't be troubled and don't be afraid. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and he's constantly reminding you that the result of your salvation is it is finished. All is well. You're good to go. And that's what the Holy Spirit's telling you over and over and over again. I'll challenge you in this. You have to begin to spend more time with him so that that voice will be louder than the voice of the enemy. You have to spend more time with the truth, that is the word, so that you can continue to hear him clearly saying, it's finished, all is well, you're victorious. Because you know, y'all know those other voices that are saying, you're going to fail, you're nothing, they hate you, they can't stand you, you're not, you're not wanted, you're not needed, you're going to fail, you're sick, you're going to die, you're going to get evicted, your car going to get repoed. You know them voices. You're depressed. And yet the Holy Spirit's in there saying, all is well. You're healed. You're delivered. You're going to have to make a decision of who you're going to listen to. And that's the challenge for every believer. This week, all this week, you have to decide who you're going to listen to. Holy Spirit telling you, don't go out and buy all that stuff. You're laughing because she already told you that. You thought it was just you. That wasn't you. This holiday, my challenge to you is financially listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm going to say that again because I think somebody's struggling with that. <laughs> Don't you spend a dime that he doesn't give you the release to. I know you told little Bobby and little Juju that you was going to get them all that stuff. But that's you. Now we can't disobey the Holy Spirit and then try to declare the blessing over the bills on January 3rd. I'm telling you right now, Listen to him. You know what I just heard in my spirit? Somebody need to take it back. <laughs> Somebody all bought some stuff he didn't tell you to do. You better take it back. You better take it back. That's for somebody. I don't know what, I don't know what your bill situation is or whatever. But he has already given you more than enough. And, and so this is, this is practically how we get out our own way and, and, and how we have peace of mind. 
It, it comes by deciding that I'm going to change and listen and follow him. So say this with me. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. On Christmas and New Year's. I'm going to trust him. Has he not already given you peace? Now it's up to you to take it. You better get everybody a car with $25 in and say, God bless you. But that's just not, you know, that's just not, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we, if we actually begin to fully trust him and walk with him, and in every area of our lives, stop, stop allowing shame, condemnation, and guilt to cause us to make decisions, we would see more of the manifested blessing that you already got in your life. And the peace that you would experience, that you will, in Jesus' name, experience on the other side of this obedience. You gotta have peace on this side in order to obey. And then there's a greater peace, I'm telling you, on the other side. Because then you're going to see the manifestation and say, oh my God, I'm so glad I listened to him. You're going to say, oh my God, I am so glad I made the adjustment and allowed him to change the way I thought about this situation. And it, his promises are that it's going to be even better than you can imagine or think. But you got to let him lead you and let him guide you. The Holy Spirit has been given as a gift to help us, to teach us, to change us. Your job is to believe him. Just like your job was to believe in the love of God. Just like your job was to believe in the blood of Jesus. Your job is to believe the voice of the Holy Spirit. And as you believe the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will then in turn begin to speak like him, act like it, walk like it, talk like it. And as it says, I think Mark 11, 23 and 24, you will speak to mountains and they'll have to move. Why do the mountains move? Do the mountains move because you're magical? No, the mountains move because God's powerful. The mountains move because you're standing in a place of power. You're standing in a place of privilege. You're standing in a place of righteousness. You know the will of God, and that mountain is not his will. So when you speak to those things that are not his will, they have to move. They don't have a choice. When you know you've done what he told you to do with your finances, this month. And then you get in January and stuff ain't lining up. You can speak to that and say, nah, I did everything he told me to do. You got to go. I declare prosperity. When, when, you, when you've done what he told you to do with your body and then sickness tries to come in, you can speak to that mountain and say, no. I know I've done everything he told me to do. And it's not the doing that's, that's earning me my healing but I did it in line with what he told me to do. So I'm healed because of the blood. 
And at the same time, I know I'm healed because I, I did everything he said. So it has no, prob, no, no, uh, no option but to change. So what is the mountain in your life today? What is the thing, what's the giant? We talked about David and that giant. What's, what's the situation that's standing in front of the promises of God? You have to make a decision today that you have the victory. You got to speak to that thing. Tell it to what? Be removed? What does it mean when something's removed? You got to speak to that thing. Tell it to be removed and declare the promises of God. So here's what I want you to do. Close your eyes real quick. What is the thing? What's going on? What's the situation? What's the circumstance? God has changed everything concerning you. He's given you the Holy Spirit change to, uh, to change your thinking. You're believing. Now let's do some speaking. Let's use the creative power that God has given us to call forth his will in our lives. So what I want, what I want you to do with that, those things or that thing on your mind, I want you to specifically begin right now to speak to that thing and those things and call them what they should be. If it's sickness, say, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. I'm healed from and call that thing out. If it's something dealing with finances, call that thing out. If it's something in your marriage, call that thing out. You speak to it. He's already spoken over it. Your speaking is just lining you up with his word. Begin to speak to that thing right now. Begin to speak to that thing right now. Begin to speak to that thing right now. Father God, we speak to sickness. Father God, we speak to poverty. Father God, we speak to lack. Father God, we speak to confusion. Father God, we speak right now to divorce. We speak right now to lack. We are more than conquerors through you who loved us. We receive right now. We receive right now your promises. We believe them, Lord. We count ourselves whole. We count ourselves whole with nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken. And I declare and I decree Peace over each and every household. Peace over each and every mind. And we thank you for it. And we declare it's already done. Now what I want you to do is just raise your hands and begin to thank them. Begin to thank them. Begin to thank them. Begin to thank them for what he's already done. 
Thank him with confidence. Thank him with assurance. Thank him with belief. Thank him that it's already done. Father, we thank you and declare that all is well in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name. Now what I want you to do is we've thanked him, now give him praise. Yeah, just give him praise. Give him praise. And that's the process. That's the process I want you to do every day. When something comes to your mind that's not lining up with the Word of God, speak over it. Speak the Word over it, and then thank Him that it's done, and then give Him praise. Negative thing comes to your mind, or negative thing comes to your, your face. Oh no, in the name of Jesus, I declare that's well. I declare all is well. Father, I thank you that it's done. Father, I praise you. And just let that be what you do. And watch what you begin to experience in every area of your life. We serve a good God. And he's changed everything concerning us. So Father, right now, we just thank you. And as we begin to end this time of worship to you, this worship service, we honor you for what you have taught us what you've shown us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that like a flower, you will continue to blossom this revelation on the inside of us to such a point that it, it's on display for others to see and to inquire about and as a result, to receive from. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Well, as we get ready to go, let's go ahead and just worship God with our uh, giving. Amen. 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 Giving is simply an act of worship as well. Worship is simply me serving God with me. Now here, we don't, we don't do this thing about giving to get. Because if I stood up here and told you that you had to give to get something from God, I would cancel out everything I just ministered to you. Right? How can I be blessed? But then you turn around and tell me, I need to break you off a little something so that I could be blessed. We don't give to get blessed. We give because we are blessed. You've heard me say it a bunch of times. Abraham gave a tithe and he gave an offering more than 400 and something years before it was ever put into the law. But he gave that tithe and offering because God had just won him a victory. So he wanted to honor God for what God had done. God had blessed him because when he beat these kings, he had the spoils from the kings. And because God had blessed him, he said, I want to give a tithe to God. I want to honor God. I thank God and I love God so much. The Bible says he worshiped him with the tithe and the offering. He purposed in his heart, I want to do this. And he did it cheerfully. That's how we're supposed to give. We're supposed to just purpose in our heart, Lord, I want to, I want to do this for you because of what you've done. 
and then we do it. We don't debate, we don't, you know, uh, I said this the other day, we don't think about who we owe and all this type of stuff. We just think about whose we are. Lord, I'm, I'm yours. You did all this for me. I want to sow today. And you give what you purpose in your heart to give. There's, there's principles and laws that go with giving, but the bottom line is, is you need to know that I'm blessed. And as we used to say, I'm blessed, therefore, to be a blessing. So what is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? Feel free to do it. Um, if, if you are giving by text, there's a, uh, a new uh, number and process we're using. Uh, it's up on the screen here. Um, you have to text this number, 74483. And like the other one, it's going to send you a little message and you have to just fill out, you know, the information. But fortunately now, you just fill it out one time. And once you fill it out one time, in the future, when you go back to do it, it'll, you just put the uh, text in the way I'm about to explain it to you. And it's just going to ask you, do you want to give this? And you just, I think, hit Y or something like that. It hits send and it works. So the important thing to remember is that when you're giving uh, that text, you have to make sure you put, as the example says, uh, the keyword, which is W-C-T-X-H-O-U, put a space and then put the amount. Okay, so WCTXHOU, as it says, there's space 25, and then when you hit send, uh, it'll ask you, are you sure you want to give this? Now, be sure you want to give, because some of y'all, you know, you might call out, I need that back. Well, I'm sorry, it's, we paid the mortgage, glory to God. Uh, <laughs> but once it asks you if you're sure, then go ahead and hit the Y, and then hit send, and uh, it should give you a confirmation a message. We appreciate your giving. Um, many of you guys uh, were already aware that uh, we're working on retrofitting a lot of the air conditioners around the ministry. Uh, if you didn't know that, by the way, even personally, um, I think it's 20, in the year 2020, they're changing uh, the type of Freon you can put in your air conditioners. Um, so if they break down, a lot of times they're gonna ask you to change out your whole unit. So we've already been in that process here at the ministry. We've gotten uh, the ones for this building done. It's a 20-ton one behind that wall and then another 20-ton one by this wall. And when you change the inside ones, you got to do the outside ones. So each one was like 20 Gs uh, to do. And then um, we're working on the one in the admin building. And then we got to do the fellowship hall. So your giving is taking care of the natural stuff uh, that goes on every month here. Um, I've told you guys this before. It takes about 25000 or so to run our campus every month. Uh, your giving has been superseding that, and that's amazing. Um, and now what we're doing, we're saving the overflow from your giving to begin to take care of our air conditioners. So uh, if you want to give extra towards that, please do. Uh, if you don't, that's cool too. Uh, but this is our house. This is our place. We want to make sure everybody can be cool. I mean, it's, what, 70 degrees, and it's December. Um, so unlike other states who can just cut the air off during this time, Y'all be mad. Y'all wouldn't come back next week if the air was off in here. Uh, so uh, continue just to sow towards that. Uh, we just want to make you aware of that. Some of the things that you're giving is going to outside of the outreach that we do. Uh, thank you for you guys who are already sowing into that. Somebody may say, well, I just want to give into the air conditioner. Just, just let us know that. Uh, tell us you're sowing. Uh, if you're doing an often envelope, just write it on there for air conditioner, and it'll help us take care of all the ones around the campus. We have 15 air conditioner units on our campus. So... Uh, how many guys know that's a lot of them? And we're thanking God, though, 
He gave us this place, so it's his responsibility to make sure everything's taken care of. Amen? Now, that's the same way you need to believe about your house, too. Don't hear those words I just said and get into fear. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm going to have to change mine. He gave you that place. He'll take care of it. Did you hear what I said? So, so don't be in fear. You just know that God's already provided the way for yours to be taken care of as well. Amen? Amen. We'll go ahead and take those offerings of your phones. Let's raise them up and pray. Father God, we thank and praise you right now that this seed is going into good ground and the seed has in it everything already to be successful. So we just declare victory in every area that this seed is going to help. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise for that. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Well, come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Ushers, you may serve the people. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and just close this out since we're over our time. Um, if you're in here and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, um, or maybe you know him and uh, say that I want to recommit, uh, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, or if you say you want to join this church, if you would say yes on any one of those things, uh, then right now what I want you to do is go ahead and come down to the front. We'll pray with and for you on today, uh, and you'll leave out of here not the same, but forever changed in him. Amen? So the altar is open right now. What I want you guys to do is help me out. Look to the person to your left and the right in front or behind you and ask them if they need prayer for any one of those things. If they would say yes to any of that, then help them come down to the front. Let's all stand to our feet and let's minister to those who are around us with those words. Ask them, are they saved? Would they like to be? Uh, would they like the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Or if they want to join the church? If they do, then help them come down to the front and join this brother who came on down. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Would there be anyone else? Way maker, miracle work, promise keep light in the amen, darkness. Amen. My God, that is who you are. Praise God. Go ahead and stretch your hands to those who are down. Father God, we thank and praise you for our brother and sister. We thank you for all that they came to receive on today. We thank you that their lives will never be the same again because of your grace. It's in your name we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you both. Uh, thank you for coming down. If you follow our sister on out, uh, she'll minister to you and help you maintain what you came to receive. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. They won't be the same again. Amen. Well, before our benediction, I just want to remind you, don't forget about our Christmas Day service. Uh, somebody remember what time that start? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock, we'll be right here. It's only for an hour, nine to 10 o'clock. Uh, we believe in coming and worshiping God. We'll have a live uh, brief message. Uh, we'll have a lot of music and things like that, but the whole thing is only gonna be an hour. So bring your family out. We come out every year and celebrate. And then don't forget about our New Year's service. Uh, it's gonna begin at 10 o'clock, or is it nine o'clock? New Year's service. 10 o'clock for New Year's service. It goes from 10 to 12. Uh, I think we start corporate prayer at 9 o'clock. So those two services, be watching your emails. We're going to email you the details of all of those. Uh, raise your hands as we prepare to be dismissed. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you taught us today. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. God, we thank you for your love. We are forever changed. 
We thank you that every mountain has no choice but to move by the truth of your word. Now unto him who was able to present us faultless before the almighty God and to keep us from falling to him be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. As we leave this place, we thank you, Father God. We're full of your grace, your truth, your love. It's in your name. We receive this and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys so much. You are dismissed. That is who you are. Hey. make miracle work. Promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Hey. We call you Waymaker. Miracle work. Promise keep. Choir members, rehearsal. Choir members, rehearsal. Choir members, rehearsal. We're having rehearsal right now in the name of Jesus.